0: Successful media and public affairs consultant. Accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor. Attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives. Worked in the White House and CNN. Thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the
1: next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Real Nation. Everybody over there. Get a over there. Everybody out there. Get into it. Woo-hoo! Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show And online at GrillNationShow.com.
0: Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill here on 980 AM KMBZ. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today also via podcast on iTunes. Big show today. Going to be a lot of fun. I think you're going to like our topic today. It's going to be exciting, interesting, and we're going to have a really cool uh, call and interview today that I think you're really going to enjoy uh, coming on the show today. Uh, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Girl Nation Show. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Advisors. Contributors of the Girl Nation Show are The Rieger and Jay Rieger & Co. with Ryan Maybe. One Light Luxury Apartments and Reactor Design Studios uh, guest host and contributor, Clifton Alexander, who joins us each and every month. Uh, he is in studio here today, and uh, we're excited to have him back on the show, and uh, we're going to talk soon about we're going to bring on the show here in a second, right, uh, Clifton? Yes, sir. <clears throat> uh, give us a quick rundown of who's going to be calling in here in a second.
2: So our guest today is a guy named Craig Feigen. He is a longtime advertising industry veteran, and he has been a part of numerous big game commercials we'll use the word big game <laughs> yeah. today how's
0: that so we can we can say um,
2: football we can say football so, football so, game the big football game So
0: the big football game that recently took place uh you, you know that everyone watches every year and we're not watches. talking about college here
2: people know it for the commercials yes and craig happens to be a guy who has spent decades literally creating commercials especially ones specific to the big-budget, big-market audiences like the the big football game. Mm-hmm. We just and saw that so,
0: between the Philadelphia team and the New England team. That's correct. Last Sunday. Epic game. That was a lot of fun to watch. It was. Um, okay, so, so he's going to be coming on the air, and we're going to talk to him kind of about some of the work he's done and kind of yep. really get behind the scenes of how this all takes place, uh, really fire off some really cool yeah. questions for him to really kind of figure out you know, what happens in this It's process? such an
2: interesting business to be in, I think. And it's uh, got a lot of craziness and a lot of budgets and a lot of big things and a lot of eyeballs on your TV spots. And it's award just an interesting concept. Emmy yes. nominated. Emmy uh, nominated. They've won, he and his uh, creative partner have won seven Can Lion awards, which is the top award in advertising. I mean, they've done it for a long, long time. And so he'll be a great guest coming on the heels of the game and all the big commercials and we'll break down some of the, some of our favorites and hopefully get some insight from him as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Clefton Alexander is our guest host on the show today uh, and really excited to have Craig Feigen on the line from Chicago talking to us about kind of the uh, process and what are the, uh, how do you really engage the audience and how uh, the ads have changed over time? Uh, Clefton, let's talk about your, some of your favorite commercials uh, that we, uh, we, mm. we, we watched last weekend. Um, you know, I've, I did a rundown and did a follow up of all of them. Um, I went to a party yeah. on Sunday, uh, great time, but you know, when there's, 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 uh, a lot of food, a lot of grazing, a lot of alcohol, a lot <laughs> it's of impossible people to watch the commercials, uh, a lot of kids. Yeah, Uh, so you gotta go back and retap it, but I know we had some things we loved and some things we hated. So, uh, before we get to Craig, let's kind of, let's kind of talk about some of those things. Yeah.
2: I, I loved what tide did during all of their commercial spots they bought i don't know five or six or seven spots throughout and i just loved it because they were essentially poking fun of and copying and making fun of all the other commercials that we've seen some of the bigger ones for the last 10 years or so and turned it around into an ad for themselves and and basically saying no matter what situation the people in the in the ads are always clean so maybe those aren't really ads for you know whatever it was, old Spice or Mr. Clean, or <laughs> whatever maybe those were actually Tide ads all the the whole time, and I thought it was really clever, it was really interesting getting the guy on there from stranger things. he had just a good personality for it and down to earth and um, so that was one of my favorites. Very, in terms of just pulling it all together.
0: Yeah, yeah, they had a lot of them. And, um, and that was, that was partly due to the uh, controversy they've had recently, right? Oh,
2: sure. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and they're dealing with, but they're trying to get a more wholesome image back.
0: And it's, it's, <laughs> it's not their fault. Let's no, be honest. No, the, it's not their the, fault. The, the Tide Pod thing is, is, yeah. is just a totally weird thing that's happened, which yep. we never dealt with as yep. kids. No. We went outside right. and threw we had balls all... around <laughs> and, uh, right. went hiking and, right. and hit baseballs, you know? Yep. We didn't have screens in front of us at all right. times. And so, anyways. Um So that was one, of, and we agreed on that one. Um, one of them that I thought was just that didn't work was the Intuit ads, the Interpretax ads. Those yeah. were the worst, in my opinion. They just kind of, of fell
2: flat. I think they were trying to be clever, and this is one of the issues. And we'll, I think we can talk to Craig about this a little bit. Is is you spend a lot of time and effort coming up with the perfect script, and you sit in the room and and try to theorize what people are going to think about these things, and then the whole thing airs, and your script is really clever, and the idea is good, but then it just kind of falls flat, and I don't know how that happens. I'm sure Craig has had some like that before as well, but um, yeah, they just kind of fell flat. They were interesting concepts at the, at the base of it, but just didn't have the the oomph that some of the other commercials
0: did. We saw a lot of celebrities in uh, ads this year. Uh, Danny DeVito, Keanu yeah. Reeves, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Danny Pratt, uh, yep. Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a the theme. Danny uh, McBride in the uh, McBride. Australia so, crocodile so Dundee. You, you did like that one.
2: Tell me about I, that. Well, I thought that it. was very interesting. I, you know, I'm one of the people. That you thought didn't, it was a movie. I, I did too. I did too. And I, I was one of the people that didn't know ahead of time that those commercials had started to air and that people were already knowing that it was a fake movie trailer. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't
0: know. There's some did.
2: there's some chatter on the internet from the last week or so. I didn't know that, and so I watched that. And I'm looking at it and I'm laughing because I remember Crocodile Dundee growing up. That was a hilarious movie. I rewatched it a few years ago. Yeah, right. Uh, Fantastic movie. And so seeing that come up and really wishing that was actually going to be a movie, (laughs) uh, a comedy, you know, really changing it up. Um, and then finding out as an ad for Australia and I didn't mind, you know, sometimes you get something like that and you feel bait and switch. I really didn't mind because it was funny. And I love the, the concept of thinking about that dynamic. Duo of of <laughs> of Chris those people, Hemsworth, Hemsworth and Brian McBride, Danny McBride, is that his name, yeah, Danny McBride, um, creating that that concept of Crocodile Dundee, but or recreating it, and so I didn't mind that. I, I really liked it. I thought it was funny, and it was a good concept to try to to fool people, you all, yeah. creating a great spot
0: for Australia. You also love uh, Danny DeVito's uh, oh my gosh. commercial.
2: I read something online uh, after the fact that said, if there were ever one particular actor in Hollywood that looked like an M&M and could act like an M&M, Danny DeVito basically would be that. <laughs> and so they, they, it was like the perfect typecast of um, character for playing an M&M, and it was just a hilarious spot, I thought, and a good concept, and um, he was the perfect person for that.
0: Some things we noticed, uh, actually let's talk about another, uh, ad that you like. The avocados from Mexico.
2: So I'm a huge avocado
0: guy. <laughs> of course you are from your
2: California. And so just the whole concept of everybody being in this biodome locked in and then they have all the avocados, but they forgot the chips. Like that to me is a, is a hilarious concept. No, we forgot the chips. They, they know, funded
0: avocado toast. Totally. A little bit. Totally.
2: Yeah, the whole thing was really funny. I loved it. Um, and, and I mean, I happen to really like avocados. So. And, you know, the funny thing about the avocados from Mexico is one of the places I grew up in Southern California is actually one of the other places in the world where avocados are grown and produced. So I don't actually support buying avocados from Mexico. (laughs) I support buying them from the hometown where I came from. Of course. But I still thought it was a hilarious commercial and I still love avocados.
0: Clifton Alexander is our guest host today. Reactor Design Studios. Check it out at reactorkc.com. Great company in Kansas City. They do work with some really cool brands and do some amazing design and branding work here in Kansas City. We're going to be right back after the break with Craig Feigen. We're going to talk about uh, commercials, ads, and, and for the big game and whatnot. And Craig is a master of award-winning master of creating commercials for legal purposes during the show tonight we cannot mention the two words that you're commonly used to hearing about the big game so you'll notice some crafty editing we have some fun with that enjoy thanks for listening to grill
1: Minute,
2: hour, bigger better stronger power
0: hello and welcome back to the grill nation show here on 980 am KMBZ with your host jason Grill. it's great to be back with you again today and it's great to have clifton alexander uh guest host contributor and partner of the grill nation show show here joining me again today his website is reactor kc.com to some great design and brand work here in kansas city i've had the privilege uh, to work with him on some big projects here uh, of late and i'd uh, highly recommend uh what you guys do over there at your company down there in the crossroads of yeah, kansas thanks. city missouri thanks for uh, helping grow that neighborhood too my man i love it down there man that's <laughs> like
2: that is like the place to be in town and we're in it
0: i love it yeah. i love it hey as always guys you can listen to us on itunes or on uh grillnationshow.com also Appreciate you guys connecting with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation show as well as on all other forms of social media. Just search for my name. And I will interact with you and uh, go from there, Clifton. We talked about in our first segment a little bit about uh, putting together big game commercials. We just had a huge game last yep. Sunday. Uh, I'm sure you all know what that was. It was a lot of fun. But there's all these these commercials that start, you know, really with the pregame, uh, and then after the game when the awards are handed out and the, the trophy. It's um, just a lot of cool things. We went over some of the the commercials, but now we're really excited to have on Craig Feigen. Uh, why don't you do the introduction here? We're bringing him on the line here from Chicago, Clifton.
2: Yeah, so Craig is an award-winning creative director and writer in the advertising space and has just worked on just about every big-name account you can think of. If you can think of and remember a lot of the Clydesdale commercials from the past number of years and those big commercials that we've talked about, uh, Craig may have likely had a part in those. And so, Craig, welcome to the show. Um, how are you
0: today?
1: Good. Good. Doing great. Nice to be here. It's great to have you
0: on today. Clifton, why don't you uh, introduce uh uh, you guys uh, know each other, and then then we'll get into some of your background. Craig, it would be great to learn about your history here.
2: So Craig just happens to be in the advertising industry and all of these great things, but he also happens to be my uncle. So I have a family connection, and so obviously I've known Craig a very long time, and and we have a lot of good talks about the advertising industry in general. And so I just thought that being somebody in that space coming right off of the biggest – one of the biggest advertising times of the year in terms of eyeballs. Everybody's focused on the concept of advertising. Um, Craig, that you just be a really good voice to that and we can break down a little bit of what it's like to to be involved in that. So Craig, um, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a quick little bio, maybe some of the companies you've worked with and some of the experience you've had over the years.
1: Well, you know, primarily, you know, for the Super um I've really worked at Budweiser for about 10 years, you know, had, you know, you know, various spots, six or seven spots on the Super Bowl, and, you know, those were mostly for the Clydesdales, you know. um, Right. From, you know, the first one that, you know, basically what the Clydesdales are now, they're anthropomorphized, right? They take on human feelings. And so we kind of started that trend, my partner and I, with the first spot, I don't know if you remember, but it was the Clydesdale football spot. I do remember that very well. You know, when they were getting together to play football, and from then on, you know, the Clydesdales became become more anthropomorphic. You know, they were no longer just simply, you know, um, on the hitch, you know, going through the snow or going along the mm-hmm. beach. The Clydesdales were always like a secondary, they were always a symbol of Budweiser, but they never really were involved in the storyline. They were just more a symbol mm-hmm. of what Budweiser represented, you know, strong and enduring so we kinda of took them into a more anthropomorphic direction, like with Clydesdale football, and you can see over the years how that's developed, you know, whether you know, you remember the separated at first with the two puppies, you mm-hmm. know, um you know, with the Dalmatian wanted to ride on the Clydesdale hitch, you know, that was, you know, anthropomorphizing the puppies. Yeah. And then later you know, and more recently, you know, the uh, using the Rocky thing is the Clydesdale who didn't make the hitch one year <laughs> was then able to uh you know, make it the following year. And so that was a lot of what, um, you know, I was involved with is developing, you know, Clydeville commercials. But I also worked on 3LA. And one spot I did in the, uh, you know, the late 90s, which kind of was a lot of fun, was with Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. And we kind of created the impression that he was parachuting into, you know, live into the Super <laughs> So, um, you know, the big game is always like, you know, it's the... Uh, it's the premier, you know, opportunity yeah. for people in advertising to show what they can do, and I've always been uh, kind of grateful that I worked on clients that wanted to um, to use the big game, wanted to advertise on it because you know it's a huge audience where you know everybody can see what you've done.
0: So, uh, Craig, tell us about Jason Alexander. I want I'm going to cut in there because uh, I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Yeah. What, what was it like working with him?
1: Well, the funny thing about Jason is, is that, um, he, um, he takes himself very seriously. Like he, um, uh, he's very funny, but you know, sometimes between breaks, he's like, he talk to you about how he was a judo expert and, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there's nobody that he couldn't take down. And you're like, are you really Jason Alexander? Or are you just the character you play on Sunset? You're know, kind of a between, uh, reality and, uh, in fiction. But, um, he was a lot of fun to work with, and um, you know it's always great to have like a great actor. And then I don't, remember, I don't know if you, you have to kind of go back a ways, but the commercial we created for the with him was um, he lost his dog in an airplane terminal, and he ended up getting on a military transport, and he ended up you know getting pushed out of the transport. And then what we did is we tried to make it look like as if he parachuted into the Super Bowl. And the, reason, and the way we did that is that we filmed on a Monday night football game because it was in Joe Robbie Stadium that year. So we went to a night game you know, four weeks before the Super Bowl and had guys parachuting with, uh, you know, stunt guys with um, bald heads and, you know, <laughs> big dogs, you know, parachuting into the into the Joe Robbie Stadium. And then, you know, through uh, editing and everything, we made uh, it look as if he actually did on the game parachute in. So he was a lot of fun to work yeah. with and very collaborative and, uh, what he liked about this campaign is that, you know, on Seinfeld he plays like a total nerd, but in the, we kind of created this character called Pretzel Boy where he could <laughs> imagine himself doing these heroic things because he ate the pretzels. So he had the opportunity to let, you know, and this one to like perish, look like he was parachuting the super. <laughs> you know, we did other ones where he was like an astronaut in space. So he always liked, he felt like, you know, these these uh, commercials were showing another side of him. As if he wanted to, maybe one day he thought, maybe I could could be an action star.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's interesting because even just in that example of eating pretzels can then turn you into this superhero or Clydesdales that can um, become more human or anthropomorphized. And I, it's such an interesting thing because you see a lot of these big high-dollar commercials for these big brands, and they're trying to take something so small and maybe trivial or something that we see on a daily basis and just blow it up into this massively huge, totally unrealistic concept or, or thing um, and you see that as a common theme. It seems like throughout all these these different products, you know, it's the it's that uh, everyday common products turned into you know could turn you into a superhero or whatever it is, right? Um, right. Is that a common thing in a lot of the the stuff that you guys worked on? Is just a is that the brand trying to ex- explode itself as much bigger than it really is, or you know, what's the theory behind some of that?
1: Well, I think that, you know, it's obviously there's, you know, different products have, like, you know, different marketing problems or, you know, or trying to address, you know, an image problem or even, you know, when you're talking about a specific product that has a specific benefit. So, for example, like, if you take, you know, the pretzels ad, they actually had, a you know, it was Gold Gold pretzels, and the benefit was that they're fat-free. So the whole idea was, you know, these fat-free pretzels made him feel like he was in better shape, and that was kind of the catalyst for why he felt he could do all these heroic things. But when you look at the Clydesdales, I guess, you know, what's interesting about that advertising, and I don't know if there's any other advertising quite like it in the sense that nobody drinks beer in a Clydesdale spot.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. No Good one point. ever did. Good point.
1: So, you know, it's really a leap of faith on the part of the brand that they're saying, we have this icon in the Clydesdale. He can represent what Budweiser is all about, but we don't have to. Um, we don't have to compromise that image by trying to be overly sally by showing showing someone drinking the beer in the spot. In fact, you know, the, Budweiser was sophisticated enough to know that if you're doing a Clydesdale spot and you had people drinking the beer, it actually may compromise the image mm-hmm. because you know, everybody's so savvy these days that they would recognize that you're trying to be a little overly sally. Mm-hmm. So that in what they've done is, is that, you know, you can see some of the sentimental spots in recent years with the Clydesdales. You know, they've taken, they've done a lot of different spots, you know, in order, you know, in order for the, the Clydesdales to be a symbol of the brand. But it's a very unusual situation where you can have something so iconic that you don't even have to actually show the product in the spot. And I think that's what makes Budweiser kind of very unique. Now, if you contrast that, not just like when I was talking about Roll, Roll Pretzels, but you know, if you look at the Tide ads mm-hmm. that were on the big game recently, because I thought that was some of the, you know, the best advertising. Yeah, I agree. So obviously, you know, whiter whites, bluer blues. You know, Tide's America's number one detergent. They found a really, really clever, interesting way to dramatize that by having this guy interrupt commercials and just assuming that if the clothes were clean, they must have used Tide, <laughs> and they really have the. Um, ability to make such a claim because um, they, uh, you know, they're America's number one detergent, as they say in the ads. So I thought, like, that was very clever, not only from the idea of it, but from a media standpoint, how they sprinkled it throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really clever media buy, and it got a lot of social, tra- you know, social media traction. So that's an yeah, example that- of someone doing something, you know, impactful and high-profile and unusual. But it actually has a benefit. Mm-hmm. With the Clydesdales, it's a little bit more of like image advertising.
2: I'd like to chat a little bit more about the Tide ads in a second here. We're going to break and come back.
0: Yeah, we're going to be going to break here. We're talking to Craig Feigen. His website is craiganadam.com, award-winning uh, uh, ad creator and throughout the country, but also he's based in Chicago. But just a really cool story. And go to his website to check out all the work that he has worked on. You're listening to Grill Nation. We'll be right back. I got that Sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KMBZ, also on iTunes and GrillNationShow.com. Appreciate you joining us again today for our show. Joined by guest host and contributor of the Grill Nation show, Clifton Alexander from Reactor Design Studios, and Craig Feigen, who's an award-winning uh, ad man, basically, and done some really cool stuff on a lot of the big games and a lot of the uh, high-level, high-profile budgets and accounts in the country. Uh, we were talking about all kinds of different things during the break, Clifton. I want you to... Kind of continue this conversation because uh, it's been pretty exciting so far.
2: Well, I wanted to start with going back to the, the Tide ads that we were just discussing and, and really thinking through that concept of, of engaging the audience and what that takes to really engage an audience with not just a clever script or those sorts of things, but, but how do you do it throughout the course of the three to four hours that the game is on the air? And, um, so Craig, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, just on how that, you know the media buy was really clever we started talking a little bit about that but maybe breaking that down just a little bit more on those because i personally that was my favorite yeah, concept and all that um,
1: yeah, i think it's like you know obviously you want to come up with an insight that's a springboard you know for a larger idea and you know makes a you know a great point about the brand and those insights are you know you're know, hard to come by you know i'm sure like when they were looking at the uh you know, it tied concepts. They probably gave, you know, the creative teams, a number of creative teams, whether it was 10 or 20, you know, a strategy. And then they looked at all the concepts that people handed in and, you know, they took it to the client, you know, they narrowed it down, took it to the client. And this is the idea that kind of won out over everybody. And I guess you can kind of see, like, it's one of those ideas that you can see why that would be the winning idea Mm -hmm. or why a client would go for that. Because you know, it's breakthrough, it's unusual, it's clever, and it makes a great point about the brand so it's not gratuitous. Now, you could say, and it just shows you how these things sometimes are, um, you know, sometimes you can cross the line and sometimes you don't. It all depends on how clever. So you could say that the, you know, tied ads are very appy or selling in the sense that, you know, he's always talking about how clean the clothes are, mm-hmm. you know, he's always mentioning it, but then, because it's a clever idea, as a viewer, you're willing to accept it. Where if you look at the, uh, you know, the Wendy's ad, which had like supers throughout talking about how they're not frozen like McDonald's. I mean, it's mm-hmm. so it's so hard to sell, but because there's no cleverness with it, you know, as a viewer, at least for me, yeah. it was a big turnoff.
2: Yeah. I, I think the interesting part about, all of this that maybe a lot of people don't really talk about is the importance of the media buy. And it makes me wonder why and, and or how some agencies are able to come up with these really incredibly creative media buys like all the different spots that Tide had throughout. But then I remember a series of spots, I don't know, a few years ago where Bud Light had bought 30 – Two second ads instead of one 30 second ad and they were sprinkled throughout the entire game do you remember that one craig yeah and i just thought that was a really clever way to buy media and i just wondered why more of these companies don't come up with creative ways to buy the media as well as create the spots
1: and i think on the super like you know a creative media buy isn't like maybe as important as it is mm-hmm. when you kind of step out of the super and you're trying to you know, do something on TV or through social media, you know, or you're just trying to, you know, create some buzz by maybe like the way you structure it. But I think on the super, it's, um, it's a little less important. I mean, obviously with that 32 second Bud Light ad that you mentioned and with, you know, the tides, you know, kind of being sprinkled throughout with a combination of 15s and 30s, um, you know, that was a great way of expressing the idea. But I think that they're also, Commercials on the big game that um, you know were still very good. That didn't depend on it. Like I thought the uh, you mm-hmm. know the Alexa ad. I mm-hmm. thought was really good. They had a funny insight that you know imagining if you know Alexa lost her voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I thought that was really kind of a really fun. Yeah, way Jason
2: of, didn't really like that one as much. I kind of liked it's it. Too I forced. thought it was interesting. But it was, you thought it was too forced. Yeah, it was yeah, kind of. Eh. Do you use? Are you an Alexa user, Jason? That's no, the question. I'm not. See, I'm not. you're not an Alexa user, so maybe that's part of the.
1: Part of the problem. I guess I to know. me, it made me think about Alexa and you know, in some of the benefits that she offers in an entertaining way by having those people kind of like impersonate as if they were the new voice of of it. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was like I thought it was a clever ad. You know, it wasn't my favorite, but I thought you know, I thought that was a like kind of a clever insight. You know, imagining you know, what if Alexa lost her voice?
2: Well, and it makes it more of a human connection too, because. Alexa is just a robot inside of a inside of a device right. and then all of a sudden now we're seeing and hearing celebrities being the voice of Alexa and it it does create a much more even just the way we refer to Alexa sometimes as her or she right, you know, that right. sort of thing and it just continues to further that and that was that right, was that's smart a point. yeah
0: Craig Feigen is joining us via phone he's worked on uh, some really cool projects he's an award-winning creative director and writer with over 25 years of experience has won six Can Lion Awards and has three number one spots on the big game as well as Emmy nominations. Uh, Craig, uh, talk to us about, you know, there was a lot of themes. I thought there was uh similar themes this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we had a lot about kind of the kumbaya, social justice, it's all be equal kind of thing. That was a big theme this year, I thought. I mean, Craig, did you notice that?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, there were those social themes, but I also thought like there was a little bit more of that social thing last year. I think this year, I think because of the, you know, the contentious times we live in that, you know, there was maybe more of a, uh, that advertisers wanted to do things that a little bit, maybe lighthearted. Mm-hmm. So one thing that it kind of caught my attention, like there's, there's um, the one subject that you thought maybe that some um, advertiser would address in some way is the it was female empowerment because the Me Too movement has been, um you know, so much in the news, right? Mm-hmm. But I think this is a year that, you know, people didn't really want to feel like they were capitalizing mm. on the contentiousness yeah, of what sense. was going on. So I think they kind of veered into more lighthearted. I mean, obviously there were some, you know, commercials with a the social theme, but I thought like maybe a little less than last year, maybe when, People were being serious, but there were maybe the, the times didn't feel as uh, as tense.
0: Mm-hmm. I did like the Mass Mutual one. That was before the game started, so Clifton doesn't count that on his <laughs> on his uh, on his deal with Stand By You commercial. Uh, we also enjoyed the uh, Danny DeVito. We saw a lot of celebrities. That's obviously a common theme, right? Yep.
1: Right. It's like I think celebrities, you know, are always you know a way of attracting attention, and you know that a number of brands on the big game, you know, use that. I thought maybe the most unusual use of celebrities, and, and it, was, it was one of my, um you know, get like my top five was the Australian Tourism Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that it was just such a clever idea of, like, trying to promote a new crocodile done <laughs> movie, <laughs> right. and using that, and using that concept to, um you know, to make the point about, you know, Australian tourism with all the stars. And one, of, you know, as a footnote to that is that, all those actors in that commercial did it for free because they wanted to promote, all those Australians wanted to promote Australian tourism. Hmm. So there was no way that um, you could have afforded to do that commercial if it wasn't for something like maybe National Pride in which the uh, actors and actresses were willing to do it.
2: That's a really interesting point that I hadn't heard, but it it makes a lot of sense because you're right. They... They probably just put all of their budget into the production and the buying of the media, and then were able to get all those folks to say right, yes. Right. You want to use yeah, all those yeah.
1: people to sell beer? I mean, you could never. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, mean we, I mean, you could just never afford that collection of people. <laughs>
0: right. That's a really good point. We noticed the Budweiser. Did they not? I don't think they had a Clydesdale commercial. They had the water commercial, which mm-hmm. I thought was really good.
1: Yeah, uh, I thought that was a. You know, I thought that was kind of a nice uh, left turn. That you know, that water initiative. Having worked on Budweiser. Um, you know, It's something they've had for a number of years, but they've never really leveraged it in any way. So I thought that was a really great way of uh, you know, showing their social responsibility.
0: Hmm. I thought so too. Didn't you, Clifton? Yeah, I agree.
2: And there were a number of those that did it. Stella Artois did it with their Water.org. And Water.org is a local Kansas City organization making big waves across the world. And so that was a really great partnership in, in working with – um uh, in, in the same way, essentially to say buy, you know, work with us and we'll give more water to people who need it. And, and that, that, that is that social justice thing. And it's really seems to be clearly geared more toward the millennial, uh, tilt of, of people and trying to, um, but get buyers in that area.
0: We did see something, uh, kind of tilted towards us on the beer note was, uh, Natty Light. I have never <laughs> seen an actual really light funny. commercial in my yeah. entire life. And, uh, that was kind of interesting with college debt, right? Yeah, it's always, it's been, off it's always been kind of the cheaper beer, right?
2: Yeah, the cheap beer is going to help you pay off your big college debt. Like, <laughs> right. sort of. What a funny concept! Really that was funny. A funny concept. <laughs>
1: cool. But you know, as we we're talking, you know, I think it's also, you know, there's a lot to be gained, you know, by being on the big game. But you know, you also sometimes have something to lose. And I was, so I think it's interesting about this, you know, the Dodge Ram spot using the Martin Luther King speech.
2: Yeah. That guy—that's getting a lot of flack today.
1: And it just shows you. I think it really brings up an interesting aspect of like advertising is like, just like a movie that does great in testing and some for some reason it flops. Mm-hmm. Like no one has like a total control over how their message is going to be interpreted. I mean, obviously with a Tide commercial, you probably would say like, "How how could this ever?" But for things that touch on more, um, you know you know, social themes or, yep. or try to be serious, you know, there's always a chance for it to, be back, to backfire. And, you know, obviously, this commercial for Dodge Ram went up the ranks and no one saw a red flag. And they probably thought because they got approval from the King of State yep. that if there was anything sensitive, um, it would have shown itself. But even the King of State can't really always envision how something they may endorse could be interpreted. And even, you know, I mean, you remember the Kendall Jenner ad from last year? I General do. Pepsi yep. And yep. all that stuff. So you just imagine, like, how many, that one seems to be even, even me, a more obvious, even a more, like, what are you thinking? And you just yeah. try to imagine, like, how that thing could go up. <laughs> <in> every layer. <laughs> yeah, so right. You're in the agency. Oh, that's a great idea. You go how to did the that get through? Client, great idea. Second level. Yeah. The president, you know, the chief, the chief marketing officer, like, oh, my God, that's the best ad ever. Yeah. And then, you know, you have, you becomes the form. Well, the, the the C the CMO that approves it becomes the uh,
0: the cmo that approves it. <laughs> Craig Feigen is our guest. We'll Be right back with more Grill Nation. I Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show here on KMBZ 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for sticking with us today. I hope you've enjoyed the show with Clifton Alexander from Reactor Design Studios, ReactorKC.com, and myself, Jason Grill. Connect with us on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show, also at GrillNationShow.com. Craig Feigen, again, joins us here from Chicago, and uh, he is a big game ad expert and has done many award-winning ads for uh, the biggest game in America. Clifton, you have some follow-up questions for him in this last segment.
2: Yeah, I want to just talk a little bit about why, you know, why are companies willing to pay five million, you know, millions of dollars for 30 seconds of TV time? I mean, I guess we're talking about it now. Maybe that's why, but, um, I don't know if you have any additional insider thoughts on that, Craig, just in terms of why is that such a big deal and why, even just why have we have as a country gotten so enamored with this one period of time where we watch these big commercials?
1: Yeah, I think it's like, I think a couple of things. You know, one is is that it's one of the biggest audiences in the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. like how many people have tuned in this year? 110 million? <laughs> That's so there really is no other platform that offers you a chance to, you know, to reach so many people in your demographic. hmm You know, the question becomes, like, you know, whether you as a brand, you know, can afford to advertise on the Super Bowl. I'm sure if you asked any brand, you know, if they could afford it, would they want to advertise on the Super Bowl? <laughs> You know, as long as it was appealing to their demographic, they'd say yes. Mm-hmm. But it's such a huge commitment in terms of their ad budget to go on the Super. <laughs> but the people that go on the Super, you know, it's not just the cost of the commercial; they're hoping to get a lot of buzz before yeah. and after the before and after the big game. So through free, you know, through so from, uh you know through free uh, you know media exposure, whether it's mm-hmm. someone talking about it on you know on ESPN or. Whether it's the New York Times, you know, commenting on it. And You look at the amount of big game commercials that have um, been reviewed. You know, it's really, uh, you know, it's really amazing. And they even have yeah. shows now which review, you know, the commercials that have been on the big game. Like CBS, you know, had an hour long, um, wow. episode. So I think that you, a lot of brands are hoping to get more bang for the buck. Yeah. And then just in terms of like where we are, you know, media wise, obviously social media, has had such a big impact that this is, you know, continues to be one of the still big live events where television is really relevant. There's a lot of discussion, like, you know, how relevant is TV these days? But I think when it talked about the big game, you know, because it's watched by so many people, it gets so much attention. It really is like, you know, live sports is probably the last bastion of, uh, of TV that everybody recognizes as, as a place to be. And the one thing that, you know, um, has changed a little bit is that, you know, back 10 or so years, people used to, you know, not, air, not want to show their commercials that they were airing on the big game before it. They wanted kind of the surprise. Before. Yeah, right. But now advertisers are more than happy to, like, you know, show their commercial before because they're just trying to, again, try to get so much bang for their buck that they could care less whether, you know, someone has seen the spot already when it airs on the big game.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that and you you see a lot of and this has ebbed and flowed, I guess. The last few years you've seen a lot of the commercials where almost every single commercial would have some kind of a Twitter link or a hashtag after it or some kind of, you know, to be continued online and and really trying to draw people out. But one of the interesting things and and I want to chat a little bit about trends in this next is um I noticed that very few commercials this year had that additional step. There were a few that had some hashtags associated with it or some to be continued online, but not nearly as many as maybe the last couple of years prior to this, where every single commercial had a Facebook link or something in it. Um, And so I thought that was interesting. And my, my theory behind that is maybe that they were just weren't getting as much engagement out of it as they thought they would. Um, And maybe you can shout out here in a second, Craig about this too, but uh, on the trend side, but I think I look at it too, and I say, "Man, that's only something I saw for 30 seconds." If it was one of those spots that just fell into that middle range where nobody was really talking about it or anything, you may not even remember the spot, let alone go to that website or Facebook page or whatever afterwards.
1: Yeah, I think. You know, I think that um, you know, obviously there's a lot of um, there's a lot of um, discussion right now in advertising about is like you know measuring the effectiveness of you know social media, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I mean, it's a very complicated little endeavor. I mean, I'm sure you, I don't know if you're aware of it, but did you hear about this little bit of this mini Twitter scandal where, like, celebrities are buying, you know, bot Twitter followers to make it look like they have a big following?
2: Yeah, that's always been a big issue.
1: Right. So I think that when it comes to your point about the social media, I think that unless you have something compelling and relevant to put on social media, I think people are like, you know, why are we wasting (laughs) our time and energy? Because, you know, so let's say you take a commercial on the big game and you have your hashtag and or, you know, go to Twitter and, you know, or go to, let's say, YouTube and, you know, you find out, oh, it only got 20,000 views. I mean, was it really worth making yeah. that extra effort? But if you have an idea like the Australian tourism where you're really leveraging that movie trailer online and you're really building around it, then that idea can just amplify what you're doing on social media. So I think it's like a case-by-case, case, but I think yeah. maybe it's a little bit less like, we're just doing think, it to do it because we want to show that we're right. you know, contemporary and concurrent. I think
2: marketers, a I think marketers are just getting smarter about it, and they're understanding right. that, just like you were just saying, that you can't just, just because everybody's putting a hashtag or some Facebook link doesn't mean that you should, um, and you're exactly right about that, is that. So there's definitely some trends on that. Do you see any negative trends coming up in the industry related to either big game ads or just advertising in general?
1: I don't know. It's just that, yeah. you know, one trend that I'm kind of... Uh, a little tired of is this user generated content. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, and I think if you look at, the, you know, if you look at the craft ad, you know, with everybody, you know, sending in their pictures of their family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, oh my god, not another user generated. You know, like, <laughs> could you be the last one arriving at the party that when you decided to use, you know, user generated content idea on the super? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big game. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <It's> all right. <laughs> i'm learning i'm learning so uh, so
0: so so what were some of your other ones that you we got a couple of minutes left that you were not uh, a fan of this year
1: on the on the big game yes um i thought the diet coke ad you know with you know Haley mangus was you know just her dancing you it know, was weird like weird not very entertaining and i don't know we really did much for the brand as i said the crap with the user-generated content but wendy's with all those supers but I guess, you know, the one that I thought was, like, I just thought it was, like, it just didn't, maybe in bad taste was that, you know, using that Martin Luther King speech for the Dodge Ram ad. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's been very controversial, but I think it just shows you, like, how sensitive you have to be to the times you live in when you decide to put out, like, you know, a serious message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it was approved by the King's King of King State, even they, I think, were a little taken aback by the reaction So. Even someone like them that's very close to it, the result of an ad that really backfires.
0: Craig, we got about uh, a minute left. I want to want to just quickly get your number one s- commercial of all time, mm. and, and well, don't say the Clydesdales because you worked on all no.
1: that. So. Well, <laughs> the one spot, the one spot is you know that everybody in advertising points to, and it's often called the greatest commercial of all time, and it really started the trend for um, for the big game advertising. You know, everybody took the cue from from this ad, and um, it aired in 1984, and it only aired once on the Super <laughs> <laughs> never aired anywhere all, ever again, but it's still called the greatest commercial of all time, and that was the Apple ad. Yeah, that's right.
2: remember 1984.
1: That. Yep. And that really just set the tone for everything an ad could be. I mean, not only did it become, like, in many people's eyes, the best ad of all time, but, like, it's constantly referred to. It only aired once. They never aired it again. Mm. But yet it had, like, an you know, incredible, like, cultural impact just awesome. in terms of, like, the free media.
0: Awesome. Craig great Feigen, insight. great guest today on the show. Thanks for coming on the air. Website is com. Oh, you. you did a great job and exciting to, to, to interact with you on these different topics. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Craig. Thank you. You've been listening to Grill Nation, Clifton Alexander, Reactor Design Studios. Check it out, and thanks for joining us again this week. Have a great one, guys.